Hello, it's Jen. I'm here by myself today. Chloe is actually sick, unfortunately, so it was kind of just a good week for me to go ahead and just talk about a couple of takeaways that I have from the Control Unleashed clinic that I recently went to with Jen DeGate. And basically, the clinic was using Control Unleashed, which is a principle or um, technique developed by Leslie McDevitt and um, now kind of applying it to horses because it was originally created as a technique for dogs. Um, so I was unable to go to the first day of this clinic and it was a two day clinic. So I went to the second day, um, and I learned a lot. So I'm not going to really go into the like, you know, technique of how to play the pattern games and things like that. Um, which is pretty much what Control Unleashed is because that's sort of, you know, not my information to share. Obviously the, that information is Leslie's and Jen's and different other people's. Um, so I'm just going to share more some thoughts that I had and some, um, things that I heard or felt meaningful to me at the clinic kind of on a smaller level. So the first thing that I wanted to talk about is that, um, at the clinic, I feel like Jen was able to put words to something that I've understood for a long time but never been able to quite put words to and that is that it's the hierarchy at boarding barns that contributes to a lot of the issues with boarding barns that we've previously talked about on this podcast so for example you know I've talked about how I feel uncomfortable at boarding barns and that's especially largely because I don't own a horse and for a lot of people you know growing up in the horse world to get access to a barn and to get access to a horse you have to kind of buy into this sort of forceful type of training and so it's like the hierarchy of the people who own the barn or own the horses or teach the lessons or whatever Um, those people have power over you by controlling your access to horses based on whether or not you comply with their beliefs and conform to the culture at that barn. So I thought that was a really interesting way of framing it because it's saying things that are quite obvious that we already know about, but just kind of being able to put the words hierarchy to it because that's what it is. And I find a lot of kind of hierarchy type things are problematic from, you know, what I've what I've done in work with horses, like the idea of strict hierarchy in horse herds is not accurate. And just in general, hierarchy in life of thinking, you know, some person is better than some other person. Like with speciesism, it's not great to have, you know, such a strict hierarchy like that. So I thought that was really interesting that Jen kind of put that word to it. Um, And then on another hand, I think that um, another point that I kind of heard at the clinic that was really interesting was that it can actually be useful to have another person work with your horse on problem behaviors. So for example, um, we were working on one of the pattern games in Control Unleashed and um, the owner of the horse was getting through it and doing really well. Um, But then another trainer kind of stepped in who was another participant in the clinic and that person was just able to achieve some really cool stuff with the horse too. And so you can kind of get this um, effect where if you are the handler of this horse, you guys have habits that you've built together and you have a learning history together and, um, you know, you've rehearsed these behaviors in a certain way. But then when a new handler gets there, it's not a blank slate because the horse still has their learning history, but it's sort of a new opportunity to build new habits and a new kind of way of doing things with a new person. So it can be helpful to have another person kind of help out with things where your horse might be 
you know, not performing a behavior the way that you want it. Um, so I definitely think that that's a helpful bit of advice. And in general, being able to like have other people practice skills with your horse, in my opinion, is really important. Being able to kind of generalize those skills to different trainers and make sure your horse is, you know, handleable by other people and not just by you, because that's actually, you know, people are always like, oh, my horse only lets me touch him. And it's like, that's not actually cool. That's actually really harmful that, or not harmful, but problematic that your horse is not handleable. Um, and that's not really safe for the horse or for the other people that most likely will have to handle your horse because very few horses are only ever handled by one person in their entire life. That's just not really the way that the horse world works. So, um, yeah, definitely good to have other people practice handling your horse. Um, so then another kind of point that I, heard at the clinic from Jen was that having buddy horses can be helpful for keeping a horse under threshold and just kind of having that buddy horse as a support for the horse that is maybe doing something a little scary or a little out of the ordinary. And that actually relates a lot to a post that I just made before the clinic. So um, I looked at a study from 2018. It was by Rorving et al., and it's called Attenuation of Fear Through Social Transmission in Groups of Same and Differently Aged Horses. Basically, what they found is that comfortability with a stimulus is socially transmissible. So, in other words, horses that were with a habituated other horse, like a horse who had been habituated to the scary stimulus, they showed less behavioral reactions of fear towards the stimulus as well. So that's really interesting, and it kind of shows that having a buddy horse around can affect that, whether it's, you know, modeling the behavior or whether it's that the other horse brings them comfort um, or, you know, things like that. Horses take a lot of social cues from each other. So um, I thought that was a really interesting point and really important when we're, we have to do things like trailer loading or things that might be scary for the horse, being able to have another buddy there. So... Another thing from the clinic that I learned is thinking about the fact that sometimes the click can actually kind of um, not be the right move for certain situations. Like if you're working on soothing behaviors and you want the horse to settle down and you know that when you click, they're going to get really amped up then maybe that's a behavior where you don't click. Maybe there's another marker signal that you can build in that will um, actually be, you know, done in a way that's more relaxing. Um, if it's predicting food, probably not relaxing. But, you know, there, there are other ways that you can kind of handle that situation besides clicking. Um, if that click is going to bring sort of tension or excitement back into the horse in anticipation of food. So that kind of also brings up motivational versus regulating behaviors, which I had never heard the term motivational versus regulating behaviors, but that comes from Jen as well. And um, in general, I've just called them high energy, low energy, or like movement or stationary. Um, but I think this is really interesting because it's not just about the movement. It is about the movement, but it's also about how much effort they're taking from the horse. Obviously, you can have a behavior that's pretty... Um, stationary but it could still be a high effort or like a motivational behavior where you're trying to increase their energy um so I think that that is just an interesting way of framing that as well that Jen put out there so um and then 
kind of another thing, another takeaway, I'm just kind of going through all my takeaways here, um, is that what the horse rehearses, they will do again. So, I mean, this is quite obvious, but that's just kind of emphasizing the importance of having clean loops because if we allow the horse to continue to throw some unwanted behaviors in there, that's probably going to be repeated. So I think that's pretty obvious, but just an interesting or important thing to bring up. Um, And then another thing, sorry, I just keep going. Like, I feel like this is so um, just random and like dysfunctional and just out of order but it's okay um this is just kind of me rambling about random takeaways that i have um another thing is basically um the idea of an emotional hangover after you do something that you don't feel comfortable doing and i think that that is really interesting as well I had never heard that term in relation to horses and in relation to training, but I definitely relate to it in the sense of like when I have to do something with a horse that I don't feel comfortable with, like when I've worked in horse spaces and I've had to be rough with a horse or handle them in a way that I wouldn't choose to do if I had my way, um, it's, it's uncomfortable and it lasts, that feeling lasts for a while. I've been having that feeling some with my dog lately because he's just he's a puppy and he's new to me. So there has been some frustration and some things going on. Um, and so it's just a lot of me kind of feeling frustrated with him and being like, Oh my goodness, why is he doing this? Um, when really he's, he's obviously a baby and that's why he's doing it. He's a baby. He's from a shelter. He's new to me. And so, um, you know, that's not really the point, but I think in general, that feeling of just like, I'm not quite doing right by my animal, um, and, and the kind of emotional hangover that that can give us kind of puts language to this feeling that I think a lot of us have had. Um, so I think kind of one of my big things was that I felt like Jen was able to put language to a lot of feelings that I've had or things that I've experienced with my horses, which was really important to me um, because it's meaningful to be able to put language to things because then you can understand better yourself and the feelings that, you know, others around you are having. Um, So, yeah, and then another thing is that... Uh, If you can't work in a space, the best place to work is going to be just outside of a space. So, for example, if you can't work in the arena, you can actually do something with your horse just outside of the arena. And that can be extremely helpful as well to be able to, um, you know, get the horse near that space and build up their comfortability slowly. And then you can start slowly inching closer to that space and then a little bit into the space, but still mostly outside and just kind of, you know, go through things in that sort of way where you're slowly building up to it. And I think that's really interesting. Um, And so I think those are kind of just big things or sort of thoughts that I have following the clinic. And there's way, 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 way more. I mean, I've taken pages and pages and pages of notes. And I mean, the main point of the clinic was to go over Control Unleashed. And I'm kind of staying away from that topic just because I'm not an expert on it myself. I don't know that much. And um, it's also just not my information to be giving away for free when it's other people's information. Obviously, there is information for free about it online if you're interested. But I just don't feel comfortable being the one to give that information, you know, after, you know, I went to the clinic for it. So 
Um, you know, I definitely do recommend Control Unleashed. I think it seems like an extremely cool way of working with animals, whether it be a dog or a horse or any, really any type of animal. It can use patterns to help them build relaxation or help them build comfortability in a space or help them learn to kind of defer back to their handler when they're uncertain. So I think that those types of things are extremely useful for a lot of animals, especially fearful animals or animals who are often really high stress or high tension. Um, so yeah, I would definitely recommend, especially for guardians of animals that are sort of fitting those descriptions to look into them, but also really for anybody as well. So that's just, this is just kind of some random thoughts that I have and I'm going to keep it just kind of short and sweet since it's just me and Chloe couldn't make it today and everything. But, um, thanks for listening to my rambling and we'll be back next week with a more normal episode.